The Napa Know How Motorsport Academy is back, bigger than ever. The Academy offers tuition to all racers aged 13 and up, giving insights into the world of racecraft and analysis, plus information on health, sponsorship and media. On top of the information you'll receive, you can win regular prizes and best of all, it's free to join. Get involved at the new Napa Motorsport Asia Pacific Facebook and Instagram pages or visit the Napa Australia or New Zealand websites to sign up and be part of know-how that is synonymous with Napa. Start your engines. This is the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racer Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 25 of the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. If you've only just joined us on episode number 25, we've got a great show lined up for you today. And uh, if you're returning after 25 runs around with us, thank you for joining us. Or if you're just picking the eyes out of our great guests we've had, we love to have you back each and every time. Of course, www.napaautoparts.com.au is where you can find the Napa Auto Parts Motorsport Academy, where you can catch up with all of your motorsport fitness requirements, all of the advice you can get for fitness and that can be also media, training, all these other bits and pieces, nutrition, everything to get you, the grassroots racer, getting faster laps and better results at the racetrack. So we welcome you to episode 25. My co-host, as always, has made his triumphant return to the national motorsports scene over the weekend at the Speed Series at the Shannon Speed Series at Phillip Island, and I'm sure we'll catch up with him towards the end of the episode on all the goings-on down there. Gary O'Brien, episode 25, who knew? Yeah, well, we've gone a long way, and uh, you'll have to excuse me a little bit tonight, I'm a bit croaky, just getting over a pretty nasty uh, bug that I picked up last week sometime. I've had it over a week now, so bear with me on that one. So you'd brought it from Sydney down to Phillip Island and left it in the media centre for everyone else to get them, did you? Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, uh, let's not uh, hang about. Let's get straight into today's guest. Well, he's raced HQs, Fords and Holdens in saloon cars, Fords and Holdens in development series V8s as well. He recently made a comeback of sorts by racing a Phillip Island last weekend after a, a sabbatical that's probably lasted about four years or more. So we thought it would be a good idea to delve into his full racing history, where it all began and how it's been along the way. Please welcome Tony Evangelou. Well, Gaz and uh, Darren, thanks very much for uh, getting us on this podcast. I'm, I'm honoured. That's uh, terrific shit. to have you on here, Tony. It really is. I mean, we've we've had some um, some great individuals and characters across the the motorsporting, I guess, genre. You know, CEOs of um, of cams and uh, Australian rally champions and sports sedan champions and open wheeler champions. It's, it's great to have someone like yourself that, um, you know, well over 25 years ago now started off in, in grassroots in, in motorsport. My leading question every time we do this is uh, tell us about the first time you went to a racetrack and uh, what about it brought you back the second time? What was it that grabbed you and said, gee, I've got to get involved in this? Well, probably never had the opportunity as a young kid like most, you know, Australian young Australians don't have, but to go to a race meeting to see these cars, because as young kids we've had fast cars on the roads, we've probably done all, all things we shouldn't do, but as you get older you realise, you know, get on a racetrack is where you want to do it, so 
I think Sandown was my first race that I actually went to. I actually probably went to bikes too, Phillip Island, which uh, loving speed, cars, you know, on the road as a young kid. Um, I didn't really get into it till a lot later in life, but always, you know, admired what you know, they did and how they did it. Um, and it wasn't until a bit, you know, obviously I, I started pretty late in life in racing, but um, yeah, I was just drawn to it. I was drawn to everything about it. So it was the the speed of the cars getting off the corner down the straight or the bikes even. I mean, they always amaze me, MotoGPs and Superbikes. Yeah, and I think like Phillip Island went, you know, went and saw, you know, went Bill and the Gardner. You know, they go down turn one at um, Phillip Island. And I remember, the I, I think it was Gardner, you know, he got to turn one, he sits st- st- up on the bike and you heard them flutter, flutter, flutter. I thought, I thought he was going to fall off the bike. That's how they slowed down, you know, then get around the corner and all that. Wow, just it was just amazing. And obviously, as a kid watching Bathurst, you know, Bathurst was a highlight to go there on the weekend and watch it from start to finish. And, um, you know, one day ever to dream to getting off the couch and uh, and, and actually getting up there race was uh, something I always thought I'd just, it'd just be a dream. How did it, what happened? What dragged you off the couch and made you go from one side of the fence to be actually part of the, the action part of the show? What was it that was the catalyst that got you to that? Well, always, like I said, always been involved, brought on our action, you know, watched all, you know, all, every weekend, who was where, and obviously, you know, the Brocks and, you know, Johnsons and stuff, and then obviously, you know, Craig, I was probably a big fan of Craig when I was sort of growing up, and you know, when he first hit the track, and got this young kid that came in and, you know, made a name for himself, and uh, <clears throat> it was 1998, I think, as um, Gary said before, we were sitting at a Glady Hotel with about four mates, and and uh, we're watching the, I think it was a Costa Zoo fight. Um, had a few, a few froffies as you do. And uh, so, kids, you know, I'll just get a car one day and go racing, you know. So, I think one of the guys, said, I've got an auto action in the back of the car. So he went and got it. And we looked at the classifieds at the back. And there's this, this HQ Holden. It was a mint looking black car. Had an entry to Bathurst. I think back then it was the, the two liters um, in October or before the main race. Oh, it was part of the main race. It was. Um, anyway, I had an entry to Bathurst. And I said, gee, it was it was like three grand. I can't remember. It was pretty cheap. So all the boys said, let's all just put in, the four of us put in 800 bucks each. I went and brought it. Didn't have a cams license, had nothing. Didn't know anything about what the next part was. And that's pretty much who I am. I sort of, I do things, you know, and then I'll work out the logistics part later. <laughs> so we had a car, entry to Bathurst. Had no idea what we were doing. I didn't have a cams license. And off we went. That's how it started. That's where I was going to bring up this uh, interesting little stat that uh, the guys you were racing against when you got there were the likes of Tim Rouse, who's still racing, uh, Peter Dane, who's still racing, uh, Charlie DeQuino, whose son is racing, Uh, Travis Lindorf still does a little bit of racing, Leighton Cranbrook, Neville Haley, you might remember, he was pretty good in these things. No, Neville, he was good in those years. Yeah, uh, Bobby Hepburn, who was another yep. one that was pretty well known in back in those days. Yep. Uh, so that gives you an idea of the names that were around at that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't I know any of Pete, Peter oh. Dane might have won that weekend, mightn't he? Uh, Tim, Tim won the last yeah. race. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they were, um, yeah, I knew, like I said, I knew nothing of these guys. I just brought the car and then, and then went off to Calder Park to get my license and I broke an axle, I think, on the second lap and they said, well, see you later. I did all I did all the rest of the the uh, paperwork side of it. Went back about a month later, got the license, and um, yeah, off we went to Bathurst. 
He's called it was a bumpy old uh, state of affairs. The HQ was probably the best way to get around the uh, around the flat track there back then too. Oh yeah, yep, yep. I had some good Salinco races there too, and the cold when it was going. I, I liked the place; it was good. So, Tony, what about the what about the HQ? How long were you were you racing the HQ, and and what I guess you you, you enjoyed it. You learned some stuff. You got your license. Well, I went um, straight to bat. I went straight to Bathurst. <laughs> what a baptism, eh? <clears throat> yeah, which uh, I remember it pretty clearly because there was a hundred and thirty three HQs. Yeah, that was. That was all organised by Bobby McGee, if memory serves me right. right. Bobby McGee, yeah. 100% right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, we know, you know, Bobby, so they couldn't fit under 33 HQs in the track. Everyone so knows they... Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I called those races over the track commentary that weekend. There was three divisions in there, Gary. Yeah, they? yeah. There was Division 1, 2, and 3 because there was that many HQs, they couldn't uh, get them all, so they divided between uh, three divisions. Yeah, in the last yeah. division... Uh, the last race was for the Division One, the quick guys, and you were in amongst that group. Yeah, I actually made the Division One, so mm. but I remember, um, I mean, obviously, just going about this driving around the HQ was it was just amazing, you know. And then Peter Brock came down, uh, I think we're, we're a bar, Farmer's Arms, Farmer's That's Arms it. Hotel out That's on it. the Vale Road. Yep. yep, and we're all we're all sitting there, 133 of us. <laughs> and um, I remember him sitting there. He, you know, he came and looked. He's put this God, you know, like he's standing up there chatting to us guys, you know, HQs. And he, I remember clearly what he said. He goes, um, "What do you think of the day? You know, the track." And we made a little comments, and and he said, "Look, doesn't matter if you're on uh, P1 tomorrow or you're P133." He said, "You got to pat yourselves on the back for getting off that couch," which I said earlier. Yeah. Getting out to the best track in the world and having a crack, a red hot go, as he used to say. Yeah. We all we all walked out there, shoulders pumped back, and we were like, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, and it was true. Like you know, we 133 HQ drivers got out there and uh, and had the best weekend ever. Tony, when was the next time you went to Bathurst after that weekend? I think I went again in another HQ the year after. It was it was the the V8 race. Um, and that was it. I, yeah, I had another run there. I think I, I finished somewhere mid mid pack somewhere. Um, that was only yeah twice I've been there. Twice in the HQ. But then of course you you moved over and started running in club cars in a Ford Falcon EA. Yeah, I went to um, saloon cars. So sort of did a bit of what we did in HQs, and I was obviously introduced to Les Morel, who was starting the saloon car category up. Um, so yeah, I did a couple. They were, they were sort of I built an EA Falcon, and there was a few mixed rounds I did with um, club cars. Club cars, yep. Yeah, Philip Island, which is really good. So, and we were, we're okay. We're going all right. So we thought, you know, we'll uh, we'll stick at this. So yeah, we jumped in the saloon cars, and there were some great venues there. We you know we got to go to Clipsall. Um, yeah. We went to Queensland. Went to bloody what was it the. Uh, Oh, the Indy cars, yeah, 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 that's right. Gold Coast, yeah. Gold Coast, yep. And here, here's just some of the names from 2001, where when the Saloon Car Series, I think they called it the Saloon Car Challenge. Yep. Uh, they had some rounds. Bruce Heinrich, who was obviously oh. winning most of them at the time. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Marcus Sakanovic, John Agosta, yep. Agosta, Scott Barguara, Jude's father was actually yeah, Scotty, running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 Harry raced too, didn't he? Um, well, I didn't check that far down. Sorry, yeah, think, uh, think, Sam think, Milton, uh, Sam, Sean, yeah. Sean Jamison, Paul Panisi, and Tony Edwards were the names I picked out 
yeah, that yeah, were running yeah. in that first round of that challenge series. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was 2001, wasn't it? Yes. Well, so I did a few races, 2000, 2001. Um, yeah, we ran with Bruce, obviously, you know. He's a great competitor. So we had a great year that year. And good fun, good, uh, a, a real opportunity for Ford versus Holden, I guess, at a, at a, uh, a level that people could afford. That'd be... Yeah, it was, yeah, what I call club racing, you know, where you go, yeah. and, you know, you put your car on the back of the trailer, it's, um, you know, tyres, fuel, it, was, it wasn't a really expensive weekend, you know, obviously if you don't have breakdowns and crashes and you could go there and, um, you know, have a good weekend, not a lot, not a lot of money, good fun, great guys, like, you know, even if you were uh, down and out and, you know, you needed a bit, everyone sort of get in there and help you get back out there and get on the track. And the social side of it, of a, like a Saturday night, is that's what I've always loved about that style of racing is that you all tend to go to the same pub and all yep. have dinner together yep. and might have one or two sherbets, obviously, because uh, I think it was, uh, wasn't that long after this that they started introducing breath testing, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tony, in- interesting. I Once Gary said to me this morning, oh, we've confirmed we've got Tony, I was like, Oh Ripper, I've got I've got just the right people to ring and get a bit of bit, bit of background on. I'm not going to throw them under the bus just yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, the two guys that I spoke to that were pretty instrumental. One of them, particularly in in your early supercars um, foray, he said, oh, Tony, he partied hard." That was his <laughs> very first statement. He said so. Just is iterating what Gary said, and then he and then he said, "But he'd rock up to the track, absolutely dead set, ready to go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, obviously that was a few years ago. I, I don't back it up like I used to. But, yeah, well, we're not yeah. we're not we're not young men anymore, are we? Yeah, Gary's pretty nice with them by saying, you know, that once the breath lies came out, maybe we, you know, we uh, we forgot about that sometimes. And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to go there and say that, but I, I I've been involved in some of those nights, and I know I just wondered how some of those people turned up the next day. Yeah, and all that's how it's evolved, you know. Where yeah. it is today, but like you said, that was you could have a few beers, you know, you get the group together and you talk about what you should have done, could have done, and you can you go out the next morning and try and do it. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we're all mates when we put them helmets on, we want to beat each other, you know, with yeah. race. That was a beauty, and, and it didn't go off track once you race. Ah, oh, it was competitive, it was a competitive as hell on the track, like you know, we hated each other once the helmets went on. It mm. was, um, but yeah, you take the helmets off and you sit down and have a beer and you know, and have a laugh. and and uh, we'll get you next time, sort of thing. Yeah. Now, Tony, you had some you had some good success in saloon cars, and that was sort of oh. the the early era. I mean, I mean, I probably should say great success actually in saloon cars in that in that early era of saloon cars, and and particularly in Victoria and the state series right now, there's a, a quite a large resurgence with the, the Ford versus Holden battle with the saloon cars, and it is now it is the only genuine Ford versus Holden battle mm. that we've got in the in the country. Do you look yep. back on those HQ and saloon car days with 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 a tear in the eye? It's like the the good times, the fun times, or is it was it a stepping stone to you know getting in, into the six hundred horsepower supercars that you've sort of been in for the last I'm going to say twenty years or so? Oh, not at all. I mean, there's a gap here which I did go back to saloon cars after supercars. I least <laughs> got a VT and I went and raced that for a while, and we had the best fun ever. So, in your in answer to your question, no, I I love. The saloon cars, um, that whole group, you know, club racing, like I said, that was, I enjoyed that more as a whole package. Obviously, jumping in a 650 horsepower supercar as a driver, as personally for me, 
yeah, that was ultimate to be able to do that. But as going to racing, the best, you know, obviously 2001, I won a championship. I won a national championship, went out there, ran close with Bruce Heinrich, who I respected so much. He was a great driver, Gavin Croft. There was a, you know, a few other top guys back in the day where I think when I went to Malala and won the championship, I was leading by three or four points. That was the best racing I've ever had. And it was door-to-door, hard racing, bang for buck. It was the best. And one of the one of the great tracks in the country for doing it on too. Yeah, it was. Um, I, actually, that week, that because Bruce had a few uh, breakdowns that year when I won the championship, and he probably, you know, it would have been neck and neck with him. And he was actually Gavin Croft, so he was in a Commodore, and I was in a in a Ford like um, Bruce. So you wouldn't really see it; it'd be really something you'd see. But so I'm fighting for a championship here, and it's um, on my first ever at a national level. So Bruce was like, oh no, I can't. It was, it was fair, mate. It was like back then, it was like seven tenths faster than me. And Crofty was only a couple of tenths behind me. I was second for the first two practice sessions. So I said to Bruce, you know, what am I doing? I've got to, you know, you're, you're still seven tenths faster. And yeah, I know. So I said, you know what, jump in my car. <laughs> so so wow. I, threw, I, threw, I threw him in my car. He did the last uh, practice session on the Friday and he went four tenths faster than me. So I said, righto. He said, look, bit here, bit there. So, you know, that's 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 what it was like. It was like, you know, we just threw it all in there. I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, it's the car, it's this. I want to know where I was, how I was. And then, yeah, ended up, you know, I knew where I had to be when I won the championship. That's so, some uh, pretty amazing camaraderie right there, isn't it? When you're both, you're both battling it out and the guy that you're battling it out with is uh... – is uh, throwing your bone and saying, "Yeah, come, come oh, with us, Tony. I'll, uh, I'll show Bruce, you the way." Bruce, I mean, we we love hate each other. Like we raced pretty hard together, Bruce and I. And I remember Calder Park. He came there, and it was it was a V eight round, and we hadn't ran the saloon cars at, at there before. And I I had work commitments. I couldn't make the Friday, so Bruce was like, he did a oh, I can't remember, it was a one eight seven or something. It was it was really quick. I've turned up Saturday morning, out qualified him by two tens. And he just walked up to the back of the car and he goes, I'm sick of looking at the back of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't keep going, but in the race meeting, he smashed me. Way out qualified him. He, he did sick, whatever he did, he uh, he hosed me for that. But that was what, what it was about, you know. I just, it was that like, you know. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd go back later and just have a beer, you know. Hmm. i got to, I got to touch on here, just going to divert from sort of, let's hold the career tra- trajectory a bit here. Yep. In Australian motorsport, it's well documented. You, you're either red or you're blue. Yep. You've managed to cross the like you like the guy you loved, Craig Lands. Yep. You've managed to cross the the brands and 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 press on. Is there a a Ford or a Holden? Is there a blue trace of blood, or is your blood all red? No, I'm blue. Blue. Okay. Because you had was, you had was, a a Perkins VS Commodore yeah, supercar. My was first, your first one. My first supercar was that. Yep. Um. So, but I think. Um, whatever category in, you've got to look at, you know, if you want to go, you know, Ford Holden, um, the AUs and the VTs, there was, uh, the swing car was such a great, you know, they they had the priority worked out just about perfect. Like there was really good blokes in Fords and there was really good blokes in, in Holdens that were so close. And I, and, and I drew, I was lucky enough to drive them both. I drove for Les, one of his Les Morales VTs, which was good acres old car and he was pretty quick in it. I got the opportunity to drive that for a season, and what a car! You know, it's a Holden, but you know, geez, it was the best. It was the best saloon car I've ever driven. Wow! You know, it was absolutely just how I like to drive a car. They're a V six, got an independent rear end, 
you can drive them aggressively and you get rewarded. With the AU, I used to call it a, a couch. It's like you're sitting on a big uh, a big couch and that, that's what the AU was like. They had talking engines. You had to make your speed up in different ways. Um, but driving them both right, you could get the speed out of them, which, which was really good. Gary, Gary and I had a great pleasure for, I, I don't know, guys, what did we do? 12 years we called the Dial Before You Dig series. Was that together? Yeah, there was, uh, yeah. it was a uh, Superlock series to start with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. yeah but... and, and we called all of that. And you'd go to a different track and, and you'd go, wow, look at this first practice, all the Falcons fill the top 10. And then you'd go to a different track and it'd be all Commodores fill the top 10. And yeah. you'd go, that's how it's going to be this weekend. This track this weekend suits the, the FOMO Co yeah. or it suits the general. It, it, it depended on the track. And the weekend, and well, actually, uh, and that was how saloon cars was. Actually, Bruce had a go in a Holden as well, didn't he? Built his yeah, own he Holden. Did. He did. Actually, the guy that uh, he sold it to probably had was um, he made a bigger impression, and he got the Phillip Island, and he must have really pumped the tires up because he took off like a scalded cat, <laughs> and, and for about the first three laps, I went seeing which way he went. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, of course, his tyres were over overheated and they caught him. But went the other way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he ended up putting a V8 in it and running it in improved production or something. Yeah. But Bruce never had any luck with that one, did he? No, he's definitely had his Ford sorted out. He was, um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. It, it, Tony, it sounds like um, the, the, the competitors, and, and Gaz and I have, have known that over the years with saloon cars in – that in the commentary booth, we were having as much fun calling the races as the guys out on track. I guess we weren't getting the sweat up quite as much as you guys were, but uh, it, it even to this day, I still, you know, in the Victorian State Series, still love getting up there and, and calling a saloon car race because you never know until the checkered flag drops who's got it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, that's what you want to see. Is it is the HQs and saloon cars? Was it a good learning ground for you to progress through the supercars, or would, in hindsight, would you have chosen a different avenue to to go through to the bigger horsepower cars? No, I think any tin top, you know, if you want to go further, it's obviously open wheelers and stuff. But that time, it was, you know, that was sort of wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and and me personally, because I I never jumped in race cars until I was thirty three years of age, so I'd missed, you know. Been. And look, I started this just because to do some fun. And I was lucky enough to um, progress to, you know, bigger and better things that I ever, ever thought that I could, you know, have the opportunity to do. So for me personally, yeah, the, you know, the ground racing of racing HQs and, and saloon cars was, you know, and to, to get out and race in some of the best tracks in Australia, that's all I sort of, my dream was. But it went a lot further for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I still go back, like you said, watching it and calling it. It's still the best racing. It's better than supercars to me. It's it's better than you know. It's like we're we're it's all progress. As soon as you know supercars get hold of it, it just changes the whole. You know the dollars go up, the expenses go up, um, which is which has got its pluses, but it has its minuses as well. Because you know Australia can't. We haven't got the money and the sponsors here for these good young kids to do that. You know. Yeah. So. Going going on to the supercars, two thousand two started uh, in the Conica V eight supercar series. First round, you're up against the likes of Paul Dumbrell, Dale Breed, Matty White, who went on and uh, ran uh, Super Two team for a long time. Yep. Greg Crick, Luke yep. Yulden, Terry Wyhern, Steve Owen. They're yep. just some of the names that were in that first field. Well, two, when was it? Two thousand three, was it? First time. Uh, two thousand two. 
202. Oh, and yeah. I think it may have been at Wakefield Park, if memory serves me right. I think my first race was at Phillip Island. Okay. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you about that one. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I did a so I brought this car. It was actually a V, it was the Diet Coke VP that Morris right. had. Oh, the one he crashed up at Lakeside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We yeah. a little bit of bog underneath the front. <laughs> yeah, but it was a Perkins car originally, wasn't it? That one? It was yeah, built yeah, by yeah. Perkins. Yeah. No, it's definitely Perkins. Yeah, it's still definitely yeah. it was it was a Perkins. I forget the chassis yeah. number. Um, but yeah, so I had it for about eight months, nine months before I could even drive it. I mean, the guys from Centerline is they helped me with the saloon car. Um, because obviously Luke Gilden's old man ran for them production cars back in the day. So mm. Centerline and Glenn and um and Chris had a lot to do with that. So I got on with those guys and they helped me with the saloon car. So when I brought this, I took it to Glenn, he said, You're not racing this. So it was about it was eight months <laughs> I made this car, I was just, I was just itching to get into it, you know. <laughs> Oh, so uh, grumpy Glenn. Oh, geez, the one that, yeah, that was an that was an experience and a on its own. Like a, the odd couple I used to call, you know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, oh, you've, so, give, I've, you've just mentioned my source from earlier today about uh, about uh, who I who I first rang to get a bit of. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I rang they got yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it was interesting because um they fired it straight up with. You know what? Tony would work like a slave at, at his own business. Then he'd come and work with us in the workshop, and then he'd drive the truck to and from the racetrack. And they were like, "We've never known anyone that's been like that." He he did. He was as committed as what we were, and he was and being a customer, and he and he was always, you know, willing to put in and do and go hard. So they were they were full of compliments. It was no, they went above. They went above and aboard. You know what they'd normally do just to cuss me. We became sort of friends and. Um, yeah, there's been a long, long history with them guys. But yeah, when I first walked in there, I thought, Jesus, who are these guys? You know, they like claim, you know, so it was well spoken and sort of give it time. And there's Chris, and then, you know, and I watched their own racing, and it was like, yeah, gee, but you know what? They were committed. They were, they were hard racers, did it on their own again, didn't have a lot of money, you know, successful. So yeah, I'll put all my eggs with them, and, and we had a great time together. So yeah, back to the VS. Well, you know, Glenn said, You're not racing this, Tony, you know. Anyway, we jumped. He got all ready. We went to Calder Park. I broke the one-minute lap in about my third lap, and he goes, righto, we're ready to race. I was great. I've never driven a seven car in my life. He goes, he's on it already. <laughs> we went to Phillip Island. I'm pretty sure – I might be wrong, Gary, but I'm pretty sure it was Phillip Island, my first race. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. I may have picked out a different race from that year. That's all. Yeah, did you say Wakefield? Well, yeah, I, I felt that was my second, yeah, I think that was might have been the second, but yeah, I'm, because it was the first time a, a national series had gone to that track. Yeah, right. In the the development series ran as a separate program in yeah. those days. So anyway, we get to, we get to Phillip Island. This, if you want me to talk about this little story, it's, it's yeah, it's quite, go. It's quite funny because um, all the preparation, and I just wanted to get in this car and drive it. You know, like I just wanted to race. So we get there, and um, I think Terry Wyhoom was there in that EL, uh, Matty White. There was all these bigger names. I was a no-name. I was just like, you know, I just want to drive this car. Anyway, we get it all ready. We get it, we're ready to go out. And um, I couldn't get a gear. It jammed up. So Glenn has a look underneath and says, oh, yeah, I don't know, some pin's falling out. We have to pull a box out. And I went, no, no, we haven't got time to do that. What do you mean, what pin? So I was sort of looking at where he's to it. So I said, give me a pair of um, cutters and a hammer. So I've cut I've cut the floor. You remake this with clean. I cut the floor with some tin snips. I bent it back. 
I got a screwdriver in, I pushed this pin back in, I locked it in, I tapped it back there, I screwed the um the boot back over the gear stick, click, click, click. I said, I've got gears. And he Glenn was just standing there just shaking his head, going, I've never seen yeah, I just wanted to go. So we dropped the car and off and went. And just before we went out, was talking about, you know, obviously Philip Island 325 ratio, full tank of fuel. How do you start it? I've never started one of these cars before. Never taken off in one. And I've, you know, watched all the races going, you know, long diff, you've got to make sure you go, you don't want to stall, especially at Phillip Island. Uh, I can't remember where I qualified, sort of mid to the back. Anyway, um, I think it was Craig Sebastian brought a, a AU off um, the Prancing Horse, AU. Yeah, really nice yeah, 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 yep. It never actually raced, I don't think. And then, yeah, Noski had it. You know, this Craig Bastion had it. So I got to talk to him before we were going out, and he says, um, I said, how do you start these cars? You know, I thought his cage car was immaculate, beautiful, you know. And he goes, well, you get your TP at about 60 65%. You know, that's safe. And I went, yeah, right, yeah. I said, what's TP? <laughs> he goes, that's the front opposition. I went, oh. I said, where's that in your car? He goes, I'll come and show you. So he walks out of the car, he sticks his head in. I've got three VDO gauges. I've got an oil pressure gauge. I've got a temperature gauge. And I've got a big taco in the middle and a shift light. And he went, yeah, I don't have TP. You don't have a MoTeC. I said, no. He said, oh, well, hold. It 100% flat and just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no one has thought. So, guess what? I did. I stalled it. Uh, <laughs> I stalled it. Victor Bray would have been proud of me, but I was first, second, third, so anyway, that was my first start in a VH supercar at Phillip Island. It's uh, it's pretty cool that you've remembered all of that. That uh, sometimes people tend to forget some of the the ones that didn't quite work out. How, how did you did you finish the race and where did where did you finish? Do you remember? Yeah, I finished. I remember Terry passed me in that AL. Um, I think it was pretty sponsor, wasn't I? Just geez, look at the speed of these cars. I, I thought I was going okay, but um, look, I finished, I wasn't last. I don't think I've ever finished last unless it was a DNF, but I, I definitely wasn't on the pace. Uh, but I finished the race, done you know, was sort of at the back end, but that was my first race. I was just looking just to drive a car like that around a track like Phillip Island. I was just you know, at the end of the weekend, it was just, just another tick the box, like wasn't really about where you finished, just about getting out there and having a go. You touched on um, Chris and Glenn at Centerline Suspension, who are, who have helped uh, so many races to to achieve results. That you know, with their setups and their, I guess their attitudes as well. That they when they when they help someone, they they really treat you like their own race car. And they, they've obviously got that magnificent silver RX seven of their own. But um, interesting that one trick. that road trip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the the Anthony Tratt source. AU shell, the bear shell that yep. um, that they pieced together, and, and Glenn wore a groove in the road down to BHAG to to get all the parts and that sort of thing, which was all yep. built basically in house at their joint. Yep. And uh, and off you went. You were you were now committed to, at a whole new level, uh, uh, way above what you were with the with the VS, and you were off doing a series. Yeah. So that sort of evolved as in we had a little spot. Well, before, we brought the AU because. Obviously, the, the VS or the VP was never going to be competitive. So we we sold that to Rod Dawson because he was doing track days and ride days. So I've, I've met so many great people, that, you know, that I respect, you know, that have been in the industry for so many, you know, racing for so many years. That was a good meeting everyone, you know, the people that I sort of admired. So yeah, sold that car to Rod. And then because um, we didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, you always think, I'll just buy a shell 
and then I'll find an engine and I'll find a gearbox and I'll find some bits and pieces. Glenn used to just shake his head going, you don't know what you get yourself in here, mate, because he'd been around for so long, you know. But, you know, I was a customer, so, yeah, you did, right? We, I brought the shell off to it and saw Trady, bought this shell and got a few bits and pieces. It wasn't a lot. So um, that's where our relationship started with Centerline that they, you know, I mean, so many late nights putting the car together and, like you said, BAG, we just put it back to basics, built this car from the ground up, painted it blue because all my trucks are blue and sort of go right off through the business. Um, and we almost finished the car and then um, we got a, a phone call from maybe we get a potential sponsor on board, which was red, blue Ford, blue man, red car, <laughs> uh, which is Dexian. Uh, oh, yeah. With that, it, you. that, you started the 2004 season with, the Commodore was a VX by that stage, uh, according to my source anyway. But that was only very early in the season, and then you switched to the AU. Would that be right? No, no. After the VS was the AU. Right, so I... it never became a, a VX at any stage. Oh, well, it was a Ford. No, but I'm saying the Commodore. Two, you raced the Commodore oh. in 2003. Yep. And then as a start of 2004, was, and then yep. you switched to the Falcon. Was the Tradio AU shell that I brought in 2004, yep. Yep. Right. Um, and then, yeah, got the sponsor from Dexian, and we went straight to Clipsal with it. Right. Um, which, that was another headache. We bought an engine from John Sydney, which actually came out of that Bastion car that I was talking about. Yeah. Did a test day at Winton. So Dexian put some cash up and said, we'll have a crack at you, you know, and <clears throat> when we did our, our test day, and we blew the engine up. And it was about, I think it was about four weeks before Clipsal was starting. So now now it's getting fair income. It's like, you know, it wasn't just me packing up, going home. It's like, oh, we've got a sponsor and we've got commitments. So it started to become a bit of a, a business where, you know, as a team owner, driver and everything else, it started to put a bit of pressure on, which is is what it is. Mm. So I went to FPR and um, they had an end when they, that's when they sort of got together from Glenn Seaton and um, and FPR started, and they had an engine there. So, you know, again, Glenn and that had had some sort of relationship with the guys up there, you know. Um, so they gave us an engine. We bought an engine off them, which is out of one of Glenn Seaton's old cars. That, that, that connection probably would have been from Luke's dad through Kent Yulden, who'd worked at Ford and had a lot Absolutely. to do in the background yeah. there as well, wouldn't it? 100%, yeah. He was doing um, driving, co-driving with the FPR. Then you say, yeah. You're dead right. That's how that relationship would have been. So, but I mean, those guys have been, you know, Glenn and Chris have been around for that long. But yeah, so they opened that door. They knew a few guys that worked there, asked them, do they have an engine? And, you know, so they helped us out. We, well, we brought the engine off them and, uh, and we got, we got to Clipsville. That was our first race in the AU with Dexian sponsorship. And it's a nice looking car, too. I remember seeing out at Thomastown the car there, um, uh, in all its glory, ready to, get, ready to get going. And, uh, Painted up in the red, as you said, which was um, which was probably. Uh, I mean, if someone's helping you pay the bills, you do you do what they want oh, you to do, we, don't you? We painted overnight. Sakanovich actually painted it for me. Rang him up and said, "Yeah, you know, I said to him, oh, we're in trouble. We need to get this car. It's all it's all nice and blue. We need another color." So he helped me. <laughs> took it. His, you know, Marcus and and his dad Mick. You know, with three saloon cars, I got to know Mick pretty well. Because yeah, what Mick's like, actually, just to go back a little bit, when Marcus first got a saloon car, and I'd already been, I was reasonable at him. He, he cut to me, he goes, 
So what are we doing with these things? You know, and Mick, over I think it was a week and a half he built an AU saloon car, best looking action, action racing saloon car. It looked mint. Anyway, I said this is so I helped them. I helped them get it going. Anyway, I smoked them. I put it on pole, and I think Marcus was about eighth or ninth or something. And Mick comes over and he goes, Tony, I like you, but I don't think you're telling me the truth, mate. I don't, I don't think you've, I don't think you've given me everything. We've all had the tap on the shoulder from Mick's yeah. account of it like that at well, some point. Yeah, you haven't told me everything, mate. Yeah. Just, well, you stay. But yeah, so we we built a relationship. So yeah, overnight he painted the car with Dixon Coles for me, and uh, and that's what I love. You know, that was just you, you've got them doors open where you have got guys like you know Mick, who's just such a character and so passionate about his racing that he saw where I was and he helped me, you know, to get the car on the track and and we made clips of. So did the, did at about that same stage. Um, this was something that I dug a little bit more later on today. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm I'm a bit hazy on the details. The the your car, Luke Yulden, won around at Bathurst in the HPM electrical colours, which was I think maybe his first drive in a supercar. Luke. Luke, yeah. Nah, he'd, he'd no, he done a lot. He, he drove the Perkins a lot before. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So okay. that was the so that was the AU. Then I bought another BA off Traddy. Um, ran that for a little bit because that was in, in 2005. No, nah, it was 2004. Uh, five, five was the BA, four was the AU. I looked it up, yeah, you did right. Tony probably wrote the article in auto action that weekend. <laughs> no, you're right. So, Luke, Luke came in, he, he drove a fair bit after that for us. So he'd done a bit with Larry and stuff and sort of had, you know, had some co-drives before he jumped in with us. So, so yeah, 2004, we ran the AU. We the finished. BA. The no, BA, the two, sorry, the B, the BA came in 2005. And that's, that's what right. that's where I wanted to touch on the next bit was the yeah. Breakfast 1000 in 2005. You want yeah. to give us a bit of a spool on how that all came about? Well, yeah, I brought... A Traddy BA ran that because Dexian said, yeah, yeah, we did okay. We finished seventh at Clipsal that year, um, which Luke was just one car in front of us. So they said, aesthetics, we want a BA because that's the car you need to have. So we went and brought, we sold the AU. It went overseas, actually. Um, we bought the first BA off Traddy, which was his that complete car that he had. Um, and we ran that, yeah, at Clipsal in 205. You're right. Um, Gaz, yeah. Yep. Um, and it got smashed. We had a crash and we didn't actually run that round, which was, there's another bit of pressure from sponsor. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Dexian had about 80 people at there because um, they're a franchise, they get them all together. It was a big weekend. So we had the new BA all painted up, clips all. Um, and we had a misfire in the car early in the practice sessions. And we sort of got it fixed, and then we we're coming down straight. And I think what was your name Smith in an AU. It wasn't That's me, not, not you, <laughs> not me, not Darren Smith. No, it was uh, probably Rob Smith from Ballarat. No, it wasn't Rob no. Smith, it was in an AU. But anyway, he came out of pit lane, and I had to move. I was coming down a flight in a turn one turn at Clipsal, and I'd, I'd hit the curve, spun it, and then Mark Porter came around and he banged me in the door. Um, and that was it. Frank Lance said, you're not running the car. The back hoop was bent. So that was my first big race with 
with our major sponsor on Eclipsal in 2005. But you ended up at Bathurst in the 1000 that year. Yep. How did that all come about? In no. Holden as well. Oh, in the mar- – oh, okay. I see where you're going. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, well, obviously I've got a relationship with Traddy now. And um, so during a year he said to me, um, you want to come race at Bathurst with me? And I went, mate, I can't afford it. <laughs> he goes, no, no, you're not paying. So my eyes lit up. <laughs> I was, what? <laughs> so anyway, he said, you've got to go through the, you know, you got to go do your test day and look at all this stuff. And uh, so I was still racing in the development series at that point. And then uh, I went to a test day with um, Alan Simonson, who's uh, obviously not with us anymore. Um, myself, Costa, I can't remember the third, fourth person was. There's four of us. Anyway, we went and did the test. Was it maybe uh, Paul Stokel at that stage? Because he'd been sharing the Lambo with Paul. No, that was a few years prior. Sorry. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Who was, was the fourth one? Oh, Coleman. Matty Coleman. Matty Coleman. Yep. That was it. Matty Coleman. That, so the four of us. So, oh, for me, this is like I'm with, I'm level one. There's just all these engineers and all these people. It's almost overwhelming for me. I'm just sitting there like shitting myself. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, absolutely. So it was an old, it wasn't even an upright. It was just a, I think it was an old VT or something. Castro paid up car. So, you know, they said, jump in, go do some laps, come back, do this, do that. Anyway, the day went. Um, and I must have done okay because right at the end of the day, they threw me in the main game car and then was, and said, just go do some laps in that. So I did did all that. And then I got the phone call and said, um, you got the drive with Traddy. And I think Coleman drove the other. So Traddy ran obviously on his own with Tolls sponsorship. Mm. And the other car was with Castrol, and then I think um, um, who drove with? I think Alex Davison drove with. Um, yeah, that's he just came back from Europe after the uh, Porsche. With Simonson, yeah, he drove. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. are four cars. So that's how yeah. that. Was. I made the I made the cut, which you know, I was happy. And then yeah, I was in a Commodore again uh, at Bathurst. <laughs> And how did uh, the whole Bathurst week go? Well, I had to drive the I had to drive the development car as well. That was yeah. I think it rained. I think they cancelled a lot of our racing, so we were sort of up up there somewhere, you know, with the, that. And then oh, it was busy, but I just loved it, like you know, getting out of the development car and then just do a couple of you know the drivers uh, co-driver session in the in that car, just so just a a, live, a level again, you know. Mm. Obviously, Larry owns a team, you know, so there's the four cars, Traddies. The two, uh, there was Dumbrell and Richo, and so I was just, I was in awe, just sitting there going, "Hell, look at this!" I'm just sitting here, with all, all these idols, <laughs> all these guys, like, "Oh, no, oh me, I don't care." <laughs> uh, and I remember Larry coming up and he's saying, "You know, a bit of a meeting," and he's going, "So who's this? Who's that? Who's that?" And he looked at me, and he goes, "Who are you?" And I said, "Oh, I'm Tony of Evangelo." And he goes, "Don't smash me car." Like, don't put any pressure on. Larry, no worries, mate. Those guys, I was thinking, those messages can't. And yeah, no, he was good at the end. So it was good. We just did all this data, came back, went through where we were slow, what we were doing as a team. And, you know, Larry even came up and I was, you know, he sat down and he did a bit and, and, you know, had a bit of a conversation with me where I was struggling a little bit. And, um, and Richo was, he was brilliant. 
Boom, Rich. He just he sat with me and just overlaid some data what I was doing, and um, even at Sandia because we were obviously raced at Sandia before that. I did I did Sandia with him as well. So the, the the Bathurst weekend, how did it pan out? Did did you get to qualify? <laughs> you, were you at the wheel at the start, or were you thrown on board with a set of old tyres and had to make it last? Where did it all go for you? Oh, who knows what tyres? I tell you, you, got, you know, so it was. <laughs> That's it, an old one, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Pretty- it, it yeah. was pretty fair. Trading qualified. He did a he did a two oh nine, low two oh nine. I think it was twenty first we qualified with him. He started the race. He did um he did twenty a uh, thirty thirty one laps or something. Then I jumped in. They and I was going to jump out again, but I was obviously going okay because uh, then they said to me, my back was killing me. Like it was. I remember just that when I my still I jumped in. I think I John Bow in front of me and Dale Bree was behind me. And I'm just following John Bow around going. I was just staying with him. Obviously, you drive into a number. I think, how cool is this? I'm just a bloke who started in HQs and, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting there, <laughs> I'm following a legend like John Bear around the track going, oh, it's just like, <laughs> this is cool. Anyway, I was, I was toast my back. I did 32 laps. I was expecting to get out. And they said, look, um, we're going to change strategy. You're going to do a double stint. And I went, are oh, you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so... We're doing we'll do a pad change and uh you're right to go. So I wasn't giving it up. I said, Yeah, yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I go to the pits and I saw that little relief. I was good. I got back out and my back felt good and I just off I went again, you know. I was going good. I think that was those are year lands he got his windscreen popped out. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Oh, smashed out. Yeah. We smashed out with that wheel. Yeah. That came was, off a Castrol car, actually. That exactly, wheel. Exactly right. So Anyway, I'm going along, I don't know, it's about lap 65, 70 or something. I'm still going. And I was, I was going okay. And then I seen um, there was Murphy, Lansy, Scafey, um, there was one more. Oh, Lansy, with no windscreen in mind, yeah. He's got no front windscreen at this stage, we're back. Yeah, Lansy, Murph, Scafe, oh, and Ingle. So I was going up Mountain Straight, and I go, I look just before I go, go to the peak, I look and I could just see, I don't know who was in front of me, it was Scafey. I see the light, he's coming. So I go, that's okay. I'll get up over the top of the mountain, you know, they'll sort of catch me. I didn't even get to, uh, I think, Reed Park, and I looked in my mirror, and like Scafey was about three millimetres up my back. Wow. I'm going, so I've just crapped, I've just, just shit myself now, I'm going, so you can't get anywhere now. We're going down through the dipper. I'm trying to just, you know, go to So I got down the elbow. And I, was, I went a little bit wide, like to let him through. Boom, 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 boom. Lands no windscreen. Bang, they go past me. I've hit the marbles. I've nearly hit the wall. <laughs> get back on the straight, go a little straight and back up. Anyway, they get down and finish the lap. And then the guys go, yeah, okay, am I right? Because I lost about two and a half seconds that lap. And I said, no, no, all good, all good. Just look. <laughs> that, the pace was just like, I'm just thinking, they're all of these. You know, Lance's got no windscreen, no back window. He's flying down Conrad doing 300 kilometers an hour. <laughs> they caught me so quick. But I yeah. thought I was going okay. I can so remember that. The, yeah, the car dropped the valve on lap 96 or 97. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I reported, I said, oh, look, it sounds like it's missing me anyway. So I came in, they threw me out, put Trady in ready to go, and then, yeah, they did some things. So, yeah, we got to six or seven, but realistically, we were probably we were near the top 10 on our pace, yeah, which would have been nice to finish it, so. It was a freezing cold day that one, wasn't it? Yeah, because it yeah, uh, the, the uh, who was the uh, the guy that was driving uh, the English guy from the British Touring Car Championship was with Lowndes. 
what's your line, name? Elaine Menu. 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 Yeah, complaining Actually, about that, uh, how cold it was in the car. <laughs> oh, well, that was a story because I said to Lee, because Dexie and I obviously sponsored Lansy, so, you know, I knew Craig, yeah. so we had a bit of a talk afterwards and that, and I said, how'd you go? And he goes, oh, you know, Menu. He goes, when the windscreen went, because, you know, Lansy having his joke, he goes, you know, he's complaining about how hot the car was. You know, it's too hot, it's too hot. And he goes, so I took the front and back window for him. He goes, it's too cold, it's too cold. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get it right for him. <laughs> then coming into 2006, the Saloon Car Championship started, a national series, and you decided you'd have a go at that as well as doing uh, the uh, Fujitsu series. How did that all sort of come about? Yeah, what did I run the saloons, did I? Yeah, yeah. The first round was at Wakefield. I know that one for a fact because I was there. What was I in? Uh, Falcon, A E A. So AU, two oh six, maybe AU. No, uh, EA first year. I think the uh, VTs AUs didn't come till a couple of years later. Um, I can't remember. I don't know if I if, if it was Les. Les had a car and wanted me to come and drive it. I think that's how that's, I met that sounds for that sounds. Yeah, right, I think yeah. Les, Les had a car and said, you know, can you come and drive it? So yeah, then that's where I met um Scotty, who's my race engineer now. Yeah, yeah. Which which I wish I had him back in the day. Like Centre Line and the boys were great doing the car, but didn't really have a really good engineer. So after I've met Scotty, he's, yeah, he's been really um. He's been with you a long time now. Yeah, yeah. Well, since then we started with the AU, he said um, he actually went to Philip Bond, did a race or something. I did a practice day, and he and I just came and said, "This car's no, this car's no good." And he's gone. Scotty's gone. Who's this bloke? He's, oh, he's done a bit of race and blah blah blah. And he goes, "He's, he's nothing but an idiot." <laughs> said about me. So we changed the car. I said, "Look at these." This I just I pulled. I went to pull out the front end, put another front end in it, and went back out and and was on the money. He goes. Uh, he might know what he's talking about, this guy. So we built a relationship after that. We sort of, yeah, we, it's yeah, we've got a really good relationship now. We work. Yeah. So at that stage, you you've done at least one race in in the saloon cars in '06, but yeah. you you also did the Fujitsu series that year as well as in '07 and '08, and then yeah. in '09 when the AUs and VTs were there, you came back and uh, you did the series. Uh, the coupe was called the Kumo Australian Saloon Car Series because they changed tires. I think they yeah. were on Bridgestones before that. They, yeah, Pretenders, uh, Bridgestone Pretenders, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and it moved over to Kumo. Yeah. Uh, then there was the V8 Touring Car started in 2010, and, of course, you went there. Obviously, uh, being good friends with Les Morel would have been a trigger for you to get involved in that series. Yeah. I'm going said something that I always loved anyway, and it was, you know, to go back and sort of race those cars with the guys that you know I knew and um an awesome category to be involved in. So yeah, I mean, I'd race anything at any time that I could. So when Liz said, you know, come and have a crack, I yeah, how much um, I, I guess we all fought at the time. Uh our first round was at Malar, which was reasonable field, I think about mid teens. Then we yep. go to Tasmania, we have four cars. You remember that? Oh, this is saloons. Oh, this no, is a the VA two cars. cars. First year, four in, cars down there. In two thousand and ten, we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, yeah, Chris Murray, yourself, Terry Wyhoon, and uh, from Western Australia, uh, running Chris's old AU. 
Um, yes. Um, he's running Aussie racing cars these days. Yeah. Can't remember his name. Uh, Michael Barsh. Barshy, yep, in the yep. AU. Yeah. Yep, there's four of us. We call Rowdy because he never, he could, he was so quiet. Isn't he from the Brossa? Somewhere yes. out there. Michael Barsh yes. is from the builder yeah. in the yes. Brossa Valley. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. Well, probably that weekend, there was only four of us, but I hit every one of them. <laughs> Terry, Terry goes, I think we went down at turn one and we got the radio and Terry's gone, he's just hit me on his practice. Like, it's a big break. It's a big break here. Yeah, it's really a bit right. What a great four cars. That was probably one of the best weekends we've had. It was. Yeah. And I, I think I did the presentations and I said, oh, at least everyone gets a prize here <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, Barshi was in the um, in the older car, so he qualified for a uh, like a trophy yeah. prize or yeah. something. I think so. Yeah. Everyone yeah. got a prize. Yeah. And I, nice. I missed I missed that weekend, Gaz, because uh, Rob wouldn't take me to Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> The saloon, that saloon car meeting, I think Johnny Goodacre had a real good run there. Um, and uh, from Western Australia, Fiore, Fiore, Todd, Todd Fiore. Yeah. In a car that somehow went missing after that meeting. No one ever seen it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. But... Literally a rocket ship. Yeah. Yeah, too much. That, Tony, the um, that the Kumo Tires Vert Touring Car Series, you know, it started off as a as a place um, that it, it was. I mean, my cousin ran in it for a bit. He bought an old uh, Emery car, and it was a place where guys with big dreams and maybe their uh, aspirations got mixed up with their talent a bit. But that grew pretty pretty quickly. But the racing at the front with yourselves and 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 Terry Wyhoon and and, and Smurdo and some of those guys was was as good, sometimes if not better than the the, the top end of that sort of touring car racing. Is, is that the kind of view you had for it? Because you were you were in the thick of things there. Yeah, it was exactly. I mean, there's obviously, like I said, Gary said, you know, there's four cars at the start, but I think by the middle of the season we had you know, we had eighteen, nearly twenty, and I think know, we got twenty one at Winton. Uh, so around that Dean Neville raced at the late Dean Neville. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, and right. you and he shared race wins, if I remember correctly. We did. Yep, he won yep. one, I won two. Yep. So I won the round. Yeah, I've been. Um, but yeah, like to go to twenty-one cars after three rounds when we started, like you said, with four. So exactly, it was. It was. Yeah, there was. You know, there was older guys like Terry, myself, and and Smurdy had been around for a long time, and and there's you know a few younger kids, Hansons, and you know Matty and the Geary yeah. brothers as well are in there. Yeah. So there was some good talent. Um, and good field, so it, it was going great, guys. It was really good, and, and it evolved after. Then I got out sort of after that because of work commitments and whatever. But I think Terry Terry won two thousand eleven, and it just kept growing. And and it, you're right, it's a great stepping stone where you could jump in a V eight supercar, the real deal, um, you know, at a reasonable cost to drive these fast cars against some some competitive guys and some good tracks. Yeah, we've uh, Gaz and I were lucky enough to a lot a lot of seasons be involved with uh, with the development of that series. Tony, racing now. You were at Phillip Island on the weekend. Um, you're racing now. Are you obviously back in it? Um, looking to start enjoying it all over again. Is uh, you got a full commitment to this year's this year's racing and back in the 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 Kumo Tires Touring Cars? Well, if you asked me uh, before the weekend, I would have said yes. <laughs> uh, after the weekend, I'd say uh, I'm thinking about. Uh, no, nah, look, 
you know, every driver's going to make an excuse. I've been raced for eight years. This, you know, Scotty said to me on uh, Friday night after you know a couple of practice sessions, he goes, "Who's driving this car?" So what do you mean? He goes, "Come here." So yeah, I've been one for eight years. My braking was terrible. You know, my heel and tail was all this stuff, but the car wasn't right. Not making excuses for that. So, hundred percent, I'm in for the year. Um, you know, when you look at what Barguan has come out and done, you know, like a, a 33.9, that's a blistering time around there. Mm. Um, and that Super Two, you wouldn't be far off, you know, running there. So that's a level you're racing with. But I understand that's fine. Uh, me personally, for the weekend, yeah, um, we've got shock problems and splitters breaking and stuff. But that's no excuse. I'll come out to Winton and. I guarantee you guys now I'm going to be up the pointy end at Winton. Winton's uh, one of your um, good tracks, isn't it? You've had a lot of success there. Yeah, but like, three, you know, I've done a 35 one around Phillip Island in, in the old 501 car. So I know our team's got it, got it in us. But yeah, like, that's how competitive, which is great. When you go there, you, you get a wake up call and you see, you know, like you see, there's these young, fast kids coming. You've still got the older blokes that can come racing. I'll do know how to put, you know, he had a great weekend. He's never been that competitive, you know. Um, you got Terry's got his car and he with a couple of young kids. So again, it's back to grassroots rating, racing where, you know, to jump in a vote supercar and go out and, and, and have a go is, is good. I just wanted to bring up one other race that I thought was probably the best race I'd seen you compete in. Yeah. It was at Bathurst. It was in a combined yeah. sedans race in 2016 as a support, I think, to the 12-hour. Yeah. And it was you and Terry, Terry Wyhoon. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah. There was bump and grind, and it went on, and I thought, this is going to end up in 50 cuts. And you got back to the pits, got out of the cars, and almost hugged each other. It was that yeah. good. Oh, I put it on pole. Um, you know, there's a restart. Terry's been around for a long time. I mucked the restart up. All it took was him to get in front of me, and it was on. And it was, <laughs> you know, it was the bet. Yeah, you're right. Like, I've got some great in-car here. My hands are going. It's like, you know, there's so much emotion going. But going back to Terry and I, I mean, you know, I've respected Terry for over the years, what he's achieved and what he's done. But when him and I get the helmets on, wherever we went, if you'd be on the radio, Terry would be going, Where's Tony? And he'd go, oh, he's, he's fourth. <laughs> and then I'd go, where's Terry? And if he's behind me, I'd go, oh. It was like we had our own internal race between each other. We're older <laughs> guys. We've been around. We've done a lot of racing. So it was that sort of rata between us, which was which was really good. Like, you know, we didn't care where it else was. It was just, sometimes we just have a race between Terry and I. Um, and like this weekend, he helped me again, like with tyres and rims. And he's, he's, just a, he's a super guy. Loves the sport. Um Actually, yeah, you raced one of his cars too at one stage in in the Kumo series, the one yeah, round Sydney. Sydney, yeah, in that car that uh, the young kid raced this weekend, the yeah. old Slady's car. So, yeah, he um, he, his driver left him, and he he wanted someone to go in there and give him a bit of a run, and we did. We had a great weekend, and we we pushed the guy that he uh, that left him sort of thing, and had a, had a ball. So, yeah, it's they're the things. It's um. And I think now V8 touring cars going back standalone like this weekend, that's great. Best move ever. Yeah, yeah I think I totally when, they to, when they went to Super 3, which is, look, I said it earlier, you know, I mean, was the, the Dunlop series and the Fujitsu's and, you know, as soon as it gets in the main game and then V8 touring cars went to Super 3's, it just opens that door up for level one teams or, you know, Super 2's to put their money in, which is great, but it, 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 it lacks what we wanted, you know, or mm. what, 
you want exactly. to go see. Like this weekend, there was a great category of you know, TA2 cars, club racing, you know, V8 Terry cars now. I've, and you watch it, we'll grow again, Gary. You know, yeah, it, I agree. You know, you'll have that many cars at the end of the year. It'll be, uh, and, and people want to watch them. They, you just see when you drive out with the old Lansy painted up car, there's the old Orcon, you know, FBR car. There's, you know, people can relate to it. Mm. Yeah, the, the Morris car. Yeah, the, the lounge car, the the Vodafone thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, people relate to those. Uh, obviously, uh, with uh, uh, Jude running in a Anderson car, that was the car that won the development series in 2015 with uh, Cam Waters at the Royal. So yeah, it's a, look, a good history. Uh, but Jude's still got to drive that thing, and you know, I yeah. was he he was driving. He was pedaling the car. Take me out off. He went around. Car, and he, yeah, he wasn't driving. He was he was. Driving that car, you know, great to see. When you're going for the lead and you go around the outside of Jim at turn one, that's pretty well hanging there, isn't it? He's driving that 11 Good on him. He deserves what he got. He's in the fastest car, but he's driving it. And and just one other thing. And Jamie Tilly, I thought, did a pretty good job for his first run in the car. And And Jim's Jim's going really well. Yeah. Tony, just um, you, you mentioned, you know, yourself and Terry. Terry's obviously forged a, a career as a, a race team and a team owner in his workshops down there in Gippsland. But yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim Slade drove your car. His first drive in a supercar was your um, yep. uh, your Falcon at, at Clipsal and then Wakefield. Is that? That's 100% correct, yep. So, so between you and Terry, you, you, you've ushered a few good ones through into the main game, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, obviously Terry kept going on. It's, you know, it was hard for Tim, you know, when he first started and getting the money together. And he had a bad, he had a great run at Clipsal. And I think he finished sixth his first time out, never driven a supercar. Dexian wanted to be a part. And Dexian had a massive um, corporate change in the business. So they couldn't support as much as what they were. And then I think I think at uh, Wakefield, he had, a, he had a crash with Marcus. There was a fair bit of damage to the car, so this is all against money, you know. Put him back, and then he went to Matty White, and and look where he is today. So yeah. to be a part of that and say, you know, you were the first Loud Supercar Tim Slade ever drove with us, you know, it's great. And now, now Tim owns the lap record in the Brabham at Phillip Island. Yeah, yeah. And Luke Gildam, as Gary said earlier, I mean, Luke did a few rounds in our car, and then HPM he won Bathurst in our cool. car, the car that I brought back now. Um, I got the trophy sitting there. I might put my name on it, guys. <laughs> or you can tell your grandkids that if you've got yeah, the trophy yeah. there, you can do what you want with it, Tony. Yeah, it's yours. To run with Luke in the car for a little bit too, you know. Oh, and a bit we all missed on that. You know, our team got the opportunity in um, 2006 to run at Philip Island the main game. So that's when uh, Radisic had the crash at um, Bathurst. Mm-hmm. He couldn't run. So supercars came to us because they said, you guys present yourselves well, you're professional. So I ran the 021 number yeah. uh, in 2006 in the Dexian car. As Team Kiwi. Team, as, as Team, team Kiwi, Kiwi. Yeah, because, yeah. You, know, you get penalised if you can't run that round. Yep. So, you know, the credits of our team, you know, we were just, uh, uh, I, just I just said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And then I went home and said to them, oh, we can run in um, Bath, um, Phillip Island this week. And that's where Craig was going for the championship with him and um, and Kelly. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that one didn't end well, did it? Ah, well, not Craig. Well, Dexian sponsored Craig as well. So they had like a hundred and something people. So I was running in a Dexian full-blown car, colours, 
Craig was at Dixie and on his helmet and you know was sponsored by yeah. him and yeah, obviously missed out the championship. But I can just remember like yeah for our team we you know we they they picked us out of all the other development series teams to come and run in the main game. That was a credit to 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 my team. Um, to get that call up, we were so proud to stand there. And you know, Michael Massey was there then, and you know, he's the one that sort of said, you know, he's done well, be proud. We didn't qualify last, we worked the slowest car, we finished the race. Um, and it was a pity for Craig, you know, what mm. happened. I remember going up through the hay shed, and he had that like 30 mil toe out that wheel. Oh, yeah, I could hardly catch him. I'm, I'm <laughs> driving the ring around my car, and Craig's like, okay, you know, first time I passed him three times in a race. He just give me a little wave. He had smoke pouring off his side. He he wasn't letting go. He was having a you know having a crack. But yeah, when it, in hindsight, would it would have if he would have pitted and they fixed that, they would have got a result. Then wouldn't they? Got a better result. Yeah, we actually watched that the other day. Um, yeah, exactly what you said. I don't know yeah. why. Anyway, in hindsight, you could. They just I think they just want to keep being on the lead lap and keep going. But yeah, they would have yeah. been better get a hammer, smack that yeah that tire right in. I agree. And, yeah. And then they could have maybe gone something. Anyway, I was in that race too. So, yeah, that was a whole lot from our team again to be, you know, in, in the main game race and um, part of the whole Dexian and the A&T racing team. There's plenty in your in your time at the wheel, Tony, that uh, you can be very proud of. And and, and getting the invite for, a, you know, a grassroots team to to go and race in a supercars event and you getting the... You getting the tap on the shoulder to say, "Hey, come over here and drive with the the Perkins outfit as well" is uh, certainly stuff that you can hold your head high and be very, very proud of. Hey, um, Tony, that's an that's uh, an hour we've clocked up. It's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say when you said now, I said I can talk for ten minutes. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I always ask at this point two questions. First of all, your best, the single one, and you have to pick one best time ever at a racetrack, whether it be a result, whether it be one of those do a midnight, come from the back of the grid, et cetera, um, uh, memory. And the person that you raced against, let's call them your nemesis or one that you looked at the entry list and you went, do I really have to race that so-and-so again this weekend? You don't have to ask, answer that one. It's being one I don't want to race against. Yeah, one, yeah. Someone you've got, you know what? Well, all, I... all he ever does is bash my doors up or whatever it might be. Oh, that guy. Um, <laughs> I've got to say, most of the people I've, I mean, Gary knows me pretty well. I'm a pretty aggressive sort of guy. So I'm not intimidated by anyone on the track nor off. So I was pretty well respected by there's There was a handful of what you call amateurs or a different level, but I wouldn't say there was anyone that. That Wait, let's let's rephrase it. Who was your yeah. toughest competitor? Yeah. Well, probably be Bruce Bruce Heinrich in saloon cars. Yeah. He was yeah. You know, one guy that was um but he, fair as fair, like but a hard racer that you think what you, you were sort of saying, Darren, with like the start of racing, you know, shit, I've got to race this guy because he's quick, he's yeah, good, yeah. he's clean, you know. Then the Crofty, he was a you know, he was a bit of a guy that sort of tapped you and bash you where he probably shouldn't know, and you'd go, Yeah, well, that's a big you know. But I, I don't really have any sort of big hate for any any driver that sort of – we've all made mistakes. Like Terry at Queensland took me out of beauty one year, like, you know, at Queensland Raceway. Like the <laughs> guy I never thought he'd come from the miles back and just – he took me and I think Polichina out. And I was like, okay, so I'd look at that day and go, if I didn't know Terry, I'd go, you're just a, you know, like I said, respect, guys. I've been pretty lucky that, you know, 
I don't think I've given anyone a bad serve, and I don't think I've copped a, a fair bit on the racetrack either. Hey, Gaz, a note between us. We've got to get Terry Wahoon on for a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Write a reply. <laughs> um, oh, and, the, yeah. and the other one, Tony, the, 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 the single best moment at a, at a racetrack that you, you go, wow, that was yeah, – when I'm, I'm old and, and not racing anymore, that you go, wow, that was a great day. One we didn't touch on was probably Sandown in the main game. Uh, I think Trudy, when we got that race, he said, we need to qualify. I think it's back when they had to pre-qualify, Gaz. Yeah. They, were, they, had to, they had to finish in the top 20 in the main game to do um, the IndyCar race. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a limited grid size. A limited grid size. So yes. that was my first main game race. And he goes, we need to um, finish. I think it was 20. They had to finish as a team 20th. So that race, it was wet. Um and Trudy went out and I think the back sway bar broke and went through the back quarter panel. <laughs> and uh and he went he went a lap or two down, you know, obviously. So they fixed it and they put me in the middle stint. It was half wet, half dry. And this is a race, first time in the main game. I'll just as a driver for myself, it was like past Lee Holdsworth, I've come down, I've just crunched in he's he was a GRM then I've, I've, I've the car had so much grip, I think, because that back sway bar broke. It had so much drive. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I passed. I passed him, and the guys are telling me just settle down. You know, don't. I'm just going. I'm a race car driver. I'm just doing what I'm doing. You know. The, anyway, and then Scaifey got behind me, and it took him six or seven laps to pass me. <laughs> and that was a whole big thing. Is this guy that you know I've got so much respect for, and just he's just a superstar. If I had him off for one lap, I would have been happy. It was like six or seven laps. Anyway, we finished. I think it was nineteenth or eighteenth. Trady got to go to um to Queensland. Um, so probably as a personal for me as a driver, didn't no one saw it, no one seen it besides my team and you know what we did internally was probably one of my best drives under pressure um, that I felt good. That's probably Paris Acott would have been um, engineering the yeah. car for Traddy then, wouldn't he? Oh, well, no, Paris Paris actually fixed my VS. That, yeah, so I did Paris pretty well. Yeah, yeah, Paris. Yeah. I, I worked with Paris at. Uh, Lamborghini when he came along and masterminded the the 500 when Traddy was co-driving with Paul Stokel and uh, yeah. he's he's still a mastermind. Paris Acott, he's a he's love a... it. Uh, beautiful guy. You know, Dad brought him up. He actually that VS my first go with um, the Centerline guys. That's where the car went. Yep. And Paris, Paris uh, worked on it and he did a bit of work on the AU. So yeah, you're right, Paris. But yeah. Um, that's probably my best drive. That, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a pivotal moment for you and the race team, isn't it, to get them to go to the Gold Coast? There's a, there's a lot lot weighing on it. It's under the radar. No one sort of saw, but me personally, that's, you know, that's probably not one of the ones that everyone's seen. I went you know, a, a, a great race. And I mean, like Gary said before, Witten's probably, you know, a track that's very technical, but I've, I've had a lot of success in saloon cars. I had a lap record there for years and in the old EA. Um, so that was the track, you know, probably. But the best track in the world is obviously Clipsal. Yeah, uh, the other and, uh, and Bathurst. Yeah, the other thing I just want to touch on just before we finish up, yeah. uh, you and your daughter racing together. There you go. Well, actually, I sh- see Gary, you, you've just done because I probably should have said that was my whole life because it probably. Wasn't. <laughs> I know we didn't <laughs> say what in, brings a tear she... to your eye. We said oh, what was the. Oh, is, this, is this the one that brought a tear to my eye? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the tear to my eye. You're right. In well, what year was that? Uh, 2017, 18, maybe. Oh, 2018, was it? Yeah, so what was that? The Winton 500. 
300, yeah. The Winton 300. Yep. Yeah, so actually that was um, Liz's car. I said, can I borrow your car, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the daughter Tash went and got her license and um, I don't know how many cars were in there, but we put it on pole. <laughs> how cool was that? It was on yeah. pole. Yeah. Well, I put it on pole. Anyway, so she started the race. So there's me thought on pole, sitting on the race, Vangelo, Vangelo, and off she went. And she went for like 11, her pace was probably about 10 to 11, so, but she held off good. But yeah, I ended up blowing, and then I got back in and blew the engine up. <laughs> Here's your car back, Les. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, uncle. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sweetheart, and, uh, yeah, and Les. Yeah. It's, it's well, that's right. what, yeah, Tash got out of the car. I think we were, you know, we were still running, you know, ninth or 10th or something. She got in, got changed, and came back out. And then there's the car sitting. It's just what happened. Well, your dad blew the engine up. <laughs> yeah, Did that you was... keep your grief for it? No, I blamed it on the engineer. Scotty didn't put the right fuel. Oh. Uh, he didn't. He didn't map the engine right because we were actually well, it was we were from E85 to 98. Yeah, because E85 obviously chews a lot more, and that car ran E85 racing, so we put it back to 98. But uh, we didn't. We didn't, didn't change didn't... the tune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Halfway through, Scotty goes. Okay, that might probably be my fault. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was a that was a tear that was a tear to the eye. Uh, when you when you race with your daughter, that was a that was really yep. good. That would good be fun. awesome. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Tony, um, that flew, didn't it? That's a, a an hour yeah, and twenty minutes of uh, Tony Evangelou's story. Thank you so much for joining us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and same to you guys. Uh, I know you've been around for a long time, and you know you followed. A lot of us sort of, you know, the guys that are, are racing at this sort of level, it's good to see, you know, we get a bit of podcast and a bit of a talk and chat. It's, it's really nice. Well, thanks, thank for spending, thanks for spending the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, Gaz, terrific to have a bloke with such longevity around and um, a career that he, he is obviously proud of and, and rightfully so with getting a run with his own team in the main game and then getting the tap on the shoulder to drive um, some great cars at Bathurst. And, uh, of course, his, his favourite moment, driving to 18th to secure Traddy, his um, entry on the grid at the Gold Coast. Good to have Tony Evangelou, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Great guy. And uh, we've known him on and off for over the years. As you said, he took a break from motor racing, but it's so good to have him back. Yeah, agreed. Tony, uh, Tony was, um, you know, he's he's back into it, and you know, his old mate Terry Wyhoon helping him with wheels and stuff like that, and it's all good to have the, for him, I guess, good to have the old band back together and, yeah, uh, and back and out there doing having it. Scotty there as his uh, engineer, yeah, come, yeah, mouse about, come everything, yeah, absolutely. Shannon Speed Series was back uh, at Phillip Island on the weekend, Gaz, for the first time in twenty three years. I wasn't there to call the national races. Yeah, at, I know uh, you've reminded me several times. You were yeah, there. Tell us all about it. Well, it was a bloody good meeting. I can tell you oh, that. Thanks. Much. Awesome. <laughs> uh, we had GTs. They had a couple of races, a bit fiery at times as well. But uh, Jeff Emery, who had a new co-driver for this meeting in Maximilian Hoffer, was the overall winner. Trans Am, boy, what a great set of races there. Oh, Kelly won the first one. Then Nash Morris won the next two and barely in the last race, he beat uh, James Moffat by 0.04 of a second. Now we're at it all the way through. I think um, Nash Morris now looks like being the hardest man to pass since John Bauer. He he put up the blocks everywhere he could 
And uh, good luck to him. He really raced well. TCR, of course, it was their second round as well. And uh, young Josh Bucken won two races there to take the overall result. Then we had the the new uh, monochrome GT4 series along with the Mobile One Australian production cars. They run together, but they run a separate series. And uh, Shane Smollin won the four races in the new Porsche Cayman 718. Uh, in that part of it, and in the uh, production cars, the Sharons running against each other for the first time since we believe about 2006 when they were both running cars in Porsche Cup or, or Carrera Cup Carrera as it was Cup. known then. And uh, I think Grant came out on top, although he did win one race there as well. And um, the first race was taken out by Colby Cowan in the Ford Mustang, and as far as production cars go, because it was wet at that first race. Uh VA Touring Cars were there, Jude Bargwana, overall winner there, um, in the Anderson Motorsport Ford Falcon FG. And uh S five thousand, Cooper Webster, who's a bit of a Philip Island expert because he uh won two races. He beat Joey Mawson, stopped him from going five in a row. Mawson uh, won the first race, looked like he was gonna set a new record in that class, but uh Webster stopped it with the next two wins. The Joey Mawson deal, did that come together like at the 11th hour sort of thing? Did that just land? Like no, he raced at Adelaide last year. Uh, yeah, no, no, sorry. With, with that, with the same team, the ACM finance yeah, team? Uh, team BRM. It was he there last year. That's where he's with now. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yep. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Nine cars. You know, there's been a little bit of conjecture in the media about that. You know, Formula 3 only had nine cars. At one point, Formula Holden only had nine cars. Well, well, Definitely said, Formula 5000 at some point, really, were lucky to get nine cars. It's well, Australian I, Open Wheeler Racing. Yeah, I said to it doesn't matter how many cars, it always seems to be good competition. Correct. We, Correct. Which any of those categories you were talking about before. And I think the numbers, uh, well, if you believe the the, the powers that be, the, the numbers will go up. Similarly, so for TCR, Trans Am were even down a little bit on the weekend. They only had 17 cars, but uh, GTs were up. They were up to 21, and the production GT4 cars were 29. So I tell you what, though, the um, the the production cars, is it's great to see this injection of cars into production cars. And it, look, in a, in a certain level, it's, it's I, I guess, you can hang the hat on the, the high-tech oils Bathurst 6 hour for getting such interest, but it's... It's been very easy over the last 10 years for people with those cars just to tuck them away and bring them back out for once a year. But it's, it's good to see them, some of them committing to a full a full course uh, season in, in production cars. Yeah, um, yeah. going away from Phillip Island, we go right across the country. Collie Motorplex had their first round of Motorsport Australia, uh, Western Australian Championships. And uh, the main event was the Ernie Hassett Memorial. Now, this was for saloon cars. Well, we funny, we just had Tony Evangelo on and talking a lot about saloon cars. Mason Harvey was the, the winner of the, the trophy event in the Falcon AU. He's the son of Clint Harvey, who oh, was yep, in, yep. in saloon cars some years ago. And Michael Coberstein in a Commodore VN was the winner in amongst the, what they call the Pro-Am, was the older cars. Uh, lots of different categories on that one. They had historic touring cars. They had um, Formula Ford, Formula Vs, uh, Formula Classic were there as well. Then they had a combined field of street cars, production cars, and improved production. 
Also, there's uh, the Autumn Historics up at Morgan Park. Uh, lots going on up there. Um, it's more of a pictorial for that sort of event, but we thought we'd just give it a mention as being on and um, haven't had a chance to chase the results on that, unfortunately. He only got back from Phillip Island last night. Yeah, it's a great weekend at Phillip Island. It's always a great place to go racing. The next Victorian State Championship round for the Motorsport Australia Victorian State Circuit Racing Championships, 27 and 28th of uh, of this month head down there it's going to be a, a massive weekend just before it gets really cold at phillip island we'll get the end of may uh sunshine out to shine for one more weekend at phillip island before we plunge into into uh the cold that, that sets in pretty much all the way through to september and uh of course the just saw today announced uh out of tail and bend or confirmed via the social media Outlets June 10 and 11, Super Trofeo, those magnificent Lamborghini Huracans coming to uh, to South Australia and being supported by the uh, Australian Prototype Series. So it will be a great weekend for uh, fast sports cars and GT cars at, uh, at Tail and Bend on June 10 and 11. Yeah, on the same weekend, you've got the Vic State Racing uh, New South Wales Motor Racing Championships will be on at uh, City Motorsport Park. And um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty big entries. And one of the categories that's running a bit nationally this year that's joining that is the RX-8 Cup. So we look forward to seeing them. And if you go up... Got Rick Shaw or Young young Shaw, Tom Shaw. Tom Shaw. And uh, I think you'll find there also that uh, Brad Harris will be back. He raced in TCR on the weekend, did a really good job for his first ever run in that type of car uh, in a Honda. And he'll be back in the Mazda for that event as well. Uh, just the other thing to touch on over the border in Queensland, uh, Queensland Raceway Drivers Championship will be on at QR, and um, they always have pretty good feels for that as well. Gary O'Brien, that's 25 episodes. They haven't discovered us yet, though I haven't <laughs> found out the frauds that we really are. Um, thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, for joining us here. Great to, that you brought along Tony Evangelou as well tonight or today. It's been uh, been a good chat with him and uh well from daz and gaz it's uh good night for episode 25 we'll see you or hear you hear us on the next episode of the napa auto parts grassroots racing podcast check it all out at the uh, napa know-how motorsport academy catch you in the next one you've just listened to another network car production 